0: Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Of course you do. Then head over to Patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. Become a Patreon supporter of this very show. to the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins.
1: And my name is Derek Diamond.
0: Oh, I don't know about you, but I had a blast what uh for our commentary track we did this month.
1: Yeah, we did uh Transformers the movie, not the Michael Bay yeah. live action version, but the old animated version released I believe it was 1986. Yep, 1986. So it's uh the movie is as old as I am.
0: And that was uh, what like 4 days ago. We watched it on Sunday. And mm-hmm. I'm still amazed and bewildered at why Weird Al Yankovic's Dare to be Stupid was on the soundtrack of that movie. Like, I don't get it.
1: Yeah, there were a lot of questions with the soundtrack. Yeah, I remember <laughs> we said at least three or four times, like, it's a good song, but, but it's like, it doesn't fit at all.
0: <laughs> I had sent the text to you and Wally the other day. I was like, do you think it was a subtle jab at us kids who were enjoying this on-the-surface kind of stupid thing. Like, robots turn into vehicles. Like, it's kind of dumb. So are they maybe poking fun at us, or what?
1: I wear it as a badge of courage because we dared to be stupid.
0: Dare to be stupid.
1: (laughs) Great soundtrack, though. And yeah, the the movie, I still don't know what was going on. Me neither. but But it was fun. It was fun.
0: So if you're not a patron uh, patron of the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro and you get to listen to the commentary tracks like a week and a half before everybody else. So if you want to listen to that, head over there so you can listen to it too.
1: And we also have the poll up for the March commentary track. Ah, So yes, you you want to decide what we're going to do a commentary track on, head on over to patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro and vote
0: and also earlier tonight we procured the ncrmerch.com which is the easiest way to get merch from our show we have t-shirts we got all kind of different designs we got a new one i just dropped the other day that's a light cycle and it says uh, get in user we're doing video game stuff uh, we got other designs on there so and you can get t-shirts or hats or pillows mugs uh, phone covers, whatever your little heart desires, head over to ncrmerch.com. Absolutely. So how was your week?
1: It was pretty eventful, actually, because... Yeah. Um, something I, big I, happened this week. So, something big did happen, yes. I proposed to my girlfriend... Earlier this week, and she said yes. She said no. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Probably would have been the smart thing to say. But, uh, but, uh, yes. Yeah, so we, we are engaged and we'll be getting married, uh, in April of 2022. So that's so cool. Nah, it's, it's, uh, it's really exciting. We're, we're both really happy about it. So it's, well, I'm really uh, happy it's really for cool.
0: you. I'm glad you're happy. Uh, and I hope you guys make each other happy for the rest of your lives.
1: I think we will. It's it's been great. You know the relationship's been great and everything. Yeah. So I, I'm excited.
0: So we're gonna have a a big bachelor party, aren't we?
1: Yeah, we should do it uh, here live on the show. Yeah. And just uh, then we could do the True Nerd Cave Retro After Dark.
0: Absolutely, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and skyping in from Tijuana, it's <laughs> Kinky Kelly. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Ew, no thanks. Uh,
1: nah, <laughs> just uh, just some alcohol. We'll will we'll yeah. be good.
0: <laughs> um, did you play anything this week? Any new games or or just playing on some old stuff?
1: Um, I haven't played anything new. I do want to get the re-released uh, Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. It's funny because we were in Walmart earlier and I saw the poster for it. I was like, oh, I forgot that was out. So I need to get that. Um, I have been playing through. Trials of Mana still, which is going to be my review next week. And it's it's good that we're doing the roundtable tonight. So yeah. Because, yeah. because you know how RPGs are, you want to really dive in so you can get your true thoughts on it. Because it's not one that you can really just, you know, play yeah. for two minutes and get an idea for it. So and that's uh, what I've been playing. And don't forget, next week is our uh, community
0: spotlight as well with uh, yep. Donner Party of Five is going to oh, be sweet. Here. Next week um, So go join our Discord community If you want to be a part of the festivities Over there We have our link up on uh, uh, Twitter And our, uh, in our bio We can go take you straight to our Discord Sweet So what about you? A um, lot of Hades I've been playing a lot of Hades And a lot of Hades And more Hades
1: Yeah I'm Probably going to get that game this weekend you have to it's so good
0: it. it's every it's scratching every itch i've had for the last couple of weeks cuz remember how i was saying i really wanted a diablo type game uh like a dungeon crawler or something along those lines that's what hades is it is a dungeon crawler uh roguelike sort of thing and sort of game where you keep you're, you're trying to escape hell basically it's got all the greek gods and everything that are trying to help you you know hades is uh or um who is who controls hades uh what's his name um not the devil but the king of the underworld is basically your dad and uh you're trying to get get out of hell basically and um, so it's sort of a roguelike, where you're going through all these dungeons, trying to make your way out of Hades, and you die a lot. But each time you die, you get to keep all the stuff that you attained while you were out, you know, in the dungeon. So you come back, you've got stuff to do upgrades and all this you know new weapons and new abilities and all that stuff. So each time you go out, you're a little bit stronger. So it's just one of those games that just keeps pushing you to just keep going and going. And I'm, I have yet to find a flaw with this game. I mean, the writing's good. The sound on it is great. It's one of those games you have to play with headphones in. I highly suggest playing it with headphones. Uh, the voice acting is awesome. It's got a lot of humor in it. And it's just it just it's scratching all those itches that I have right now.
1: I just need to play it.
0: Yeah, you do. You yeah, have need to. to do. Um, and it goes on sale a lot, but even still, I think it's like twenty four dollars on the Switch store. But it's totally worth the twenty four bucks. So, yeah, if you haven't gotten it yet, or if you're waiting it for it to go on sale, I mean, yeah, you can wait for it to go on sale, but it's worth every penny. If you're if you're into that type of game, if you're into Diablo like games, it's totally worth your time and
1: money. Yeah, yeah. I I just need to get it. What I need to do.
0: Uh, other than that, I have played nothing else, <laughs> nothing that, other yeah. than Hades.
1: Understandable.
0: And watching Understandable. a lot of what we do in the shadows because that is my new favorite show on television.
1: Funny enough, we've been rewatching previous episodes of Wandavision. Really, Just really like trying to pick out like all the little Easter eggs. Yeah. And everything. And I, I will say this, and it's been on Facebook, but. I'm not going to spoil it, but the song at the end of yeah. <laughs> the newest episode has rented out permanent space yeah. up here, and I'm not complaining. It's just so catchy.
0: I was just going to wait myself. I was going to wait till all the episodes were out and I'm watch the whole thing, and then go back and just burn through the whole thing, uh, you know, in a second viewing. Because if I watch it all the way up again and there's still three episodes left, I would be frustrated. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I think there's going to be some big things that happen in oh, these yeah. last two episodes. So I, I think, I mean, I think the finale will be huge, but I I could see some pretty big incidents happening in this week's episode and, too. Uh, depending on what happens
0: with this week's episode, but we've got three more weeks to determine who's going to come on the show with uh, a, a Hulk Hogan mustache. Yeah. Me or Wally Phelps.
1: Uh, I'm going to love the drama. We're going to see. Gonna, I can watch.
0: He's a little overconfident, so we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you got to love his swagger. I'm ready to go into the news. How about you? we got some good news stories tonight. We do. Let's do it. This is from NintendoLife.com. Night Dive Studios adds online multiplayer to the Switch version of Turok 2. Um, When a remaster of the N64 classic Turok 2 Seeds of Evil arrived on the eShop in 2019, multiplayer was nowhere in sight. At the time of its release, developer Night Dive Studios said it was planning on continuing support and to update the title as it did with all of its releases. It appears to have honored its words, with the developer informing Dinosaur Hunters a patch for Turok 2 is on the Nintendo Switch uh, out on the 25th of February. Uh, which is today. While there's no mention of local multiplayer, there will be online multiplayer, along with this re-enabled German audio localization, support for gyro for some third-party controllers in handheld mode, and added stability. Um, If you're interested in returning to Turok 2 Seeds of Evil, the game is available on on the eShop for $19.99, and uh, it now has multiplayer.
1: I think that's a cool addition. Yeah. I've I've got no problem with that. I, I haven't played the the um remake that's on the Switch, but I never
0: played the original cool. either. I played the original Turok, uh Turok one, but I never played part two.
1: Yeah, I don't think I did either. I at least I have no recollection of it. But I mean, I'm sure there are those who will be really happy about about this. I mean I think it's a cool idea. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I do too.
0: This comes to us
1: from redcarpetreporttv.com and I want to get one of these. Arcade 1 Up's oh, Mortal yeah. Kombat themed legacy cabinet pre-orders are open. Uh, if you're reading this and have been waiting for Arcade 1 Up's Midway Legacy Edition cabinet then hurry up because pre-orders have opened up at retailers. And then let's see as of this writing Best Buy or no Best Buy and GameStop are live. Uh, The replica cabinet will be $399 and will include Mortal Kombat 1 and 2 and Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, Joust, Defender, Rampage, Gauntlet, Paperboy, that seems a little out of place, (laughs) Uh, Root Beer Tapper, Bubbles, Tubin, and Wizard of War. And there's a really good picture on the article, too, of what the cabinet's going to look like. Yeah. I would love one of these. I want
0: this. If I was to buy one of these cabinets, this would be it. Because not only is Mortal Kombat 2 my favorite Mortal Kombat game, this just brings back so many memories from playing this and dumping a lot of quarters into Mortal Kombat 2 at the restaurant I worked at when I was a teenager. And then I didn't even know it came with all these other games. Like Mortal Kombat 1 and 2, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3... And then you got Joust, Defender, Rampage, Gauntlet, Paperboy, Root Beer Tapper. Like, holy crap, there's a lot of games on this thing.
1: Oh, for sure. If I were to have if I could have two arcade cabinets, this would be one, and then the Ninja Turtles arcade game would be the other. Oh
0: yeah. Uh, it said here at the very bottom it says, uh, they announced several new additions this year to their collection, including a four player X Men cabinet. Oh mm. dude. Dude! (laughs) A four-player X-Men and a four-player Ninja Turtles right next to one another. Oh, dude. Can die a happy man. Dude! Uh, Killer Instinct uh, Special Legacy Edition Street Fighter II. Um, It will feature 12 classic Capcom titles, including Darkstalkers and Strider.
1: I could spend so much money. Dude, they're killing me. Like, yeah. I don't
0: have the money for this, and they just keep dropping these. Like, just, oh, this machine is so awesome looking. It's even got the coin slots in the front. It's awesome.
1: I love that it has the little um, the Mortal Kombat logo yeah. on the very front. It almost looks like a, like a matte logo. Yeah, I like it. the The whole cabinet just, it looks great. This would look so good in my living room. Right?
0: <laughs> Damn you, Arcade 1-Up. Stop it. Uh but they're they're making a killing right now. Yeah. Uh from starwars.com uh the classic republic commando blast on the PlayStation and Ten- Nintendo Switch. Um where did my what happened to my article? It just disappeared. Disappear on you? Yeah, it disappeared on me.
1: Oh. What okay. happened? Uh so I'll 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 take this one okay. while you try Okay. Get resituated. Uh, Lucasfilm Games and Asper announced today that the classic prequel-era shooter Star Wars Republic Commando will come to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 via backwards compatibility and Nintendo Switch on April 6th. It was originally released in 2005 for PC and Xbox. It introduced the Elite Delta Squad, a team of clone commandos dispatched to handle the most dangerous missions for the Republic. The game uh, puts players in the role and inside the helmet of squad leader RC1138, a.k.a. Boss, with the ability to issue commands to teammates and wield a variety of weapons as they battle across the galaxy. I remember hearing about this game. So
0: you never played this?
1: I did not. I know of it, but I did not uh, play it. I played this on the
0: Xbox 360. This game is so good. I wished that they would make more... Star Wars games like this. This game is so good. It's ridiculous.
1: So like what does it play like? Like um, what it's like, like what kind it, of game would you compare it to? It's like a
0: squad shooter. Imagine like um let's See, I'm trying to think of any other games that are squad type shooters like this. It's sort of like um you know how when you play games like uh Dragon Age or something like that, you like you'll have like People in your party, and you can tell them to go do other, like, to finish the mission. You go do this. You go do this. It's sort of like that. It's almost like um, XCOM, but it's in first-person shooter form. Okay, It's really, really a good game, and I played this. uh, I had it for the 360, and it was one of my favorite Star Wars games ever. Because of the squad base, because you had your, you know, your heavy weapon, you had your sniper, you had, you know, your medic, and all that type of stuff. So, if you're into that type of thing, it's totally, totally worth getting.
1: And does it say how much it's going to be? Um, it didn't say at the top. Let's see. No, it just says it arrives uh, April sixth.
0: Well, I hope it's not too expensive because I may, I may go ahead and just get this for the Switch.
1: Let's see. It is $14.99. Oh, that's... Oh, done. Done. (laughs) That is way cheaper than I thought it was going
0: to be. Yeah, this is a day one purchase for me. When does it come out, did it say? April 6th. uh, April 6th. Oh, yeah. So good.
1: I'm going to be spending too much money on video games. Yeah, same here. (laughs) Um,
0: From CNET.com... There are two free Nintendo Switch games you can get right now, Ghosts and Goblins, and 1943, The Battle of Midway. Um, All you Nintendo Switch and Switch Lite owners out there, from now through February 25th, today, if you're watching us live, um, download the arcade classic Ghosts and Goblins for free. The freebie is apparently to help celebrate the upcoming release of Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection, uh, which you can currently pre-order for $30. Once you download the game, it's yours to keep forever. And there's more. Nintendo is also giving away 1943 The Battle of Midway for free, as well as part of the Capcom Arcade Stadium. Uh, but this download won't expire on Thursday, and should you should be able to download it anytime. time. Uh, I went yesterday and downloaded both of these on the uh, Nintendo Switch, so I'm good. I have them in my library.
1: I'll be doing that when we're done with the show.
0: Yep. You, uh, you got only got a few hours left. Go get Ghosts and Goblins. I know how much you love yeah. that game. <laughs>
1: right? <Yeah.
0: laughs> One well, of my favorites. Yeah. 1943 is so worth it. Like Those 1942, 1943 three
1: games are great. Yeah, and I haven't ever played 1943 before, so... Oh, yeah. It'll be exciting. It'll be very exciting. And our last story comes to us from... Kotaku.com Incredibly rare Sega arcade game found rotting in a field. Sega's R360 was perhaps the most bombastic example of the company's arcade 1980s Arcade Flex, a cabinet that only supported two games and of which only 200 units were ever made. Those two games were 1990s G-Lock Air Battle followed by Wing War in 1994. While most of the surviving R360s are being preserved in collections or arcades, one has been sitting outside in a farm in northern ireland for ages just rusting away like something out of stalker uh let's see so yeah there's there's pictures uh on here of the entire system and i can't believe that someone would let this sit out i know and just out and let it rust like that i mean
0: it's still in relatively decent shape for having given been... the
1: circumstances it's not <laughs> It's not terrible,
0: yeah, like it looks like it could be saved, like it's not too far gone
1: yeah, I mean, you can definitely see the rust, yeah, on the like there's a picture that shows the inside of the cabinet, and you can definitely see the the rust, the screen looks a little cracked, but yeah, it could I mean, be a lot worse
0: for the most part, I mean, you would have to replace all the electronics and things like that and maybe a couple of parts. Um, here and there, but I think you could get this thing functioning if you had somebody, you know, a little bit of money and a little bit of a little bit of time to to spend on it. I, I don't think it's too far gone.
1: Yeah, I I don't think so. I mean, it's I just still can't believe that someone would do that. I
0: know this makes my heart hurt.
1: <laughs> I, just, I just wonder how much that would have been worth. Oh, there's had no it been telling. in good condition,
0: no telling.
1: That's That's crazy. It Um,
0: was just crazy. It is time to go into this month in video game history. In February of 1976, Sega releases Road Race. Let's see what Road Race is.
1: Interesting flyer because it's just a picture of a girl next to the arcade machine.
0: (laughs) TV's hottest name, your hottest game. Yeah.
1: I love that 70s font that they used. The game...
0: That's that's awesome. It says, The game was based on the 1970s TV show Happy Days, and the slogan was, TV's hottest name, your hottest game. The game itself was a simple, uh, simply a rebranded variant of Sega's earlier 1976 game Motocross also known as Man TT.
1: Um, I guess this must have been... And those were variants of Road Race.
0: So okay. it kind of sounds
1: like a spinoff of a spinoff? Is kind of what it sounds yeah, it like? Says
0: Sega was allowed to rebrand their game as Fonz because its American branch at the time was owned by Charles Bluthorn's Gulf plus Gulf and Western Company and thus had access to Paramount Television's intellectual property. So basically, this was a Fonz game.
1: Yeah, but it has different titles. I don't understand. I
0: don't either. It's got like 30 different titles here, but they eventually, it was renamed Fonz.
1: That's that's just so weird. I I don't know if I've ever heard of that type of game where there's like different... Incarnations of it. That's strange. I didn't had no idea that Fonz had his own video game. hey <laughs> Uh I I like the the top of the arcade cabinet, like that logo that says yeah. Fonz.
0: I, I dig the machine. I would play it if I found one, but good lord, there's no telling. There's probably like one still left in existence somewhere
1: and and i would say it's probably in some type of old bar yeah in in omaha nebraska yeah. <laughs> still, be still
0: running <laughs> yeah they they took good care of it
1: unlike the the last story that that we talked yeah. about yeah but in february of 1981 williams electronics releases influential scrolling shooter defender i played
0: defender a lot on the uh, atari 2600 and the uh, Commodore sixty four. I never played it in the arcade.
1: Yeah, I didn't play it in the arcades either. I mean, it, it's one of those that you know, when you think of games from that era, Defender is one that springs to mind to me.
0: Yeah, it had like eighty five buttons for it, so it was a little uh, it was a little intimidating.
1: Yeah, and it, it was released for a ton of ton of systems, like arcade, Apple II, twenty six hundred. Yeah. Oh, it was Uh, on everything. Commodore 64, yeah. This this game game definitely made the rounds. Yeah, you could play
0: Defender on pretty much everything. Uh, You know, (laughs) on uh, milk cartons, uh, (laughs) anything that would run it, it was on there. Oh, Uh, man. Let's see. February of 1982, Atari releases Haunted House for the Atari 2600, which is later considered one of the first survival horror games. I remember this game. Uh, I'd never had it, but my cousin had it, and I just remember the, the the box art for it. It was always it always scared the hell out of me when I was a little kid, and uh, so I never ever played this game for the uh, Atari Twenty Six Hundred.
1: The cover reminds me of something like a movie poster you'd see in the sixties or seventies. Yeah,
0: it's got like Were a that weird little- like Suspiria or something like that, you know.
1: Yeah, like it seemed like the this picture of say like the eyes and everything would be in the top corner and then mm-hmm. the other part would be white and you'd see Haunted House in big letters.
0: So what was the plot? Like how was the game gameplay? The house had three floors and a basement. Character may pick up only one of three items at a time, a key to open doors, a scepter to ward off evil spirits or the urn and must avoid a bat, a tarantula and the ghost of Mr. Graves himself. If the player is hit by the monsters nine times, nine times, the game, nine (laughs) nine times, uh, if the player escapes the house with the urn, the player wins. Um, it looks kind of (laughs) dumb from the screenshot here. Like, what is that? Like a pancake with eyes? What is that supposed to be?
1: You can mark it (laughs) that I've said it on this episode. I will review this game for Halloween Horror Month.
0: Okay, I'm holding you to it. <laughs> I imagine this is one of those games for the, for Atari that's just like, you won't know what the hell you're doing, and you're going to give it about three minutes.
1: I don't know if it'll beat Superman 64. <laughs> oh, it's probably worse. And that's that's insane to think about, but you're probably right. Yeah. Next up, we have February 21st of 1986. Nintendo releases a little-known game called mm-hmm. The Legend of Zelda, designed by Shigeru Miyamoto for the family computer disk system, the first game in the Legend of Zelda series.
0: Never heard of it.
1: Uh, you know, I, I don't think it really amounted to much.
0: <laughs> One of those forgotten Nintendo franchises like StarTropics and F-Zero and... Metroid and.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You could put Metroid on that list, to be honest. But no, funny enough, I've actually been on a a bit of a Zelda kick lately. Like, I've been watching a lot of videos on YouTube, mostly about the timeline, because I like hearing everyone's theories on how everything, you know, connects together, and some like it, some don't.
0: Did you see that someone put up uh, some screenshots of an HD remake they did? of Ocarina of Time. I want this game. (laughs) Nintendo, are you watching? All you gotta do is buy it from the guy.
1: (laughs) Look, if they did a full HD remaster of Ocarina of Time, it would make so much money because Mm -hmm. that game is just held in, in such high regard. Like It might be arguably the most highly regarded Zelda game, at least of my generation. Yeah. But... If they were to do that, I mean, I hope they would. I, I Honestly, I don't think they're going to for no. the 35th anniversary. I think we're going to get, I mean, we're obviously getting Skyward Sword. I think we'll get Wind Waker, ported from the Wii U. We might get like a, a collection with, say, the original Zelda Link to the Past and some of the other 2D ones. Yeah. And then I don't know if we're going to get Breath of the Wild too. Because we didn't talk about that, because mm. they didn't really say anything at all. They just said it's still in development, so I, figured, I, I don't know if it's going to happen. I
0: figured it would be ready for release by the end of this year, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean,
1: I I would much rather them take their time with it so that it's right, but man, it's going to suck if they miss like what should be a milestone achievement is releasing that game on the 35th anniversary. Yeah. The only thing they
0: need to fix is the breaking weapons. Stop with the breaking weapons and give me a way to repair my weapons. That's what I want. Stop with the... Also,
1: mm. Also, the Master Sword should never lose its power.
0: Exactly. It should be just always
1: useful. It's Master... Yeah.
0: <laughs> what are you doing, Dude. Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, February twenty first of nineteen ninety three, Star Fox is released for the Super Nintendo in Japan. It was the first game to use the Super
1: FX chip. I remember seeing that big label mm-hmm. on the cartridge on the box, just Super FX, yep. and I'm like, what is Super FX? And of course, pop in the game and the rest is history. Oh, I mean yeah. it's it's one of the most pleasantly challenging Super Nintendo games, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I never bought Star Fox, but it was for the Super Nintendo. But it was definitely a, a a multiple rental at the time.
1: Yeah, I I never beat the original. Like that's still something that's on my like video game list to do is to I don't beat the original. But I it's did just either. So, it's so difficult. Yeah, I, that's another franchise that I hope you know, much like Metroid, can be, return to relevancy. Yeah, because I love Star Fox honestly. If if Nintendo were to make a list of Like their IPs if they wanted to make movies or TV. I think a like CG animated Star Fox movie would be so much fun. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. That's
0: ready made to to be a Pixar style movie.
1: And it appeals to multiple generations because you have kids who will be appealed by it because of the characters. Mm -hmm. And then you have people our age who grew up playing the games.
0: Nintendo Easy Money.
1: money. Easy money. February 2nd of 1994, Sega releases Sonic the Hedgehog 3 for the Mega Drive slash Genesis, which that is the game that introduced the character of Knuckles the Echidna. And from there, you know, you had Sonic and Knuckles and Sonic 3 and Knuckles, which was still one of the coolest, most innovative things that I've seen in video gaming. And yeah. they never really replicated. But Sonic, Sonic 3 is a lot of fun. Um I, I enjoyed the revamped special stages from the second game. I actually enjoy the ones from the third game a lot more and the graphics look a little bit better, but it still has that classic Sonic feel with great great zones, great music, everything you'd expect from a Sonic game.
0: Oh yeah. Uh February 10th of 1997, Super uh Mario, Mario Kart 64 is released for the Nintendo 64 in North America. Uh never played that Mario Kart. The Mario Kart 64.
1: I might upset some people by saying this, but I don't think Mario Kart 64 was the best racing game for that console. Don't, wasn't it... Uh, I think uh, it was Diddy Kong Diddy Racing. Diddy Kong Racing, yeah. I'm not oh. going to... like I, Mario Kart, the original, didn't age particularly well. But I still respect its, its significance in gaming.
0: It's still fun to play, I, though, on the Super Nintendo.
1: I didn't get as much enjoyment from Mario Kart 64, and I don't know why. It was probably that's, that
0: crappy controller.
1: <laughs> but that's just something, you know, as a kid, when I was playing that game, I was like, I, I mean, it's, it's fun, but it wasn't amazing. Like, I enjoyed most of the other Mario Kart games other than Mario Kart 64. Yeah. And finally, February 27th of 2001... The Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages are released for the Game Boy Color in Japan. I haven't really talked about the Oracle games for uh, for Game Boy. So there, there were two games that came out at the same time, and they had joint stories in a way. Like Zelda was, uh, of course, kidnapped. And uh, you go to a different world in Oracle of Seasons then you go to a different one in Oracle of Ages. And if you beat both, you get the special code where you do like a... Almost like a final story where you save Zelda from a resurrected Ganon.
0: So did these never came out in America. Was this just a Japan-only release?
1: Oh no, they're they're out in the states. Oh okay. I can't remember exactly when they were released in in the states. I assume a few months after this, but I don't remember these. They they were fun. Like they're they're not my favorite uh, Zelda games, but they play exactly like Link's Awakening with a wow. you know few new schematics. I like that. Yeah. Maybe eventually they'll they'll release, you know, like remastered or, you know, even if they put the actual games on the Switch if they start putting like, you know, Game Boy and yeah. DS games and all that type of stuff, but you never know, one day. I mean, I, I enjoy the games. Uh, and before we go into the roundtable discussion tonight,
0: Derek has shout outs.
1: Yep, as always, we like to shout out our awesome patrons over at Patreon.com/NerdCaveRetro. We want to shout out Armes Jackson, Xblade07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, aka Mixmaster, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Randy Bailey, Tyler Watson, Justin Olson, Brandon Rutledge, and Donner Party of Five. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on for us and keeping us above that $50 level so we can continue to do fun commentary tracks. And as we mentioned earlier, there's a poll up for the March roundtable discussion. uh, Roundtable as well as uh, commentary track. So you can head over there uh, to the Patreon now and vote on those. Uh, The roundtable closes at the end of the month and then the commentary track, the poll closes March 8th. So you still got to week or so in order to vote so head on over and do that and if you want to be part of our awesome patreon community head on over to patreon.com slash retro and tonight we're talking about
0: found the NES music for uh, Donkey Kong was much better than the uh, the arcade version. That might be blasphemy to some people, but uh, I don't know. I found the NES to sound way better.
1: I dig that. I really dig that. I, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited that this won the, the poll for this month, because it's, it's a franchise that, you know, like, it, it's actually really important in the world of video games, when you think about that original Donkey Kong arcade game mm. that was released in 81, because it really introduced the platforming genre. It introduced the character of Mario. And I think for that reason alone, you think of Donkey Kong, and I maybe video game royalty is a bit extreme, but a franchise that has pretty historic significance in the world of video games. Well,
0: yeah. W- without without a Donkey th- Kong, I don't think there would have been an nin- an NES. There wouldn't have been a Nintendo that we know it.
1: Yeah, and that original game is so simple, but there's a certain charm about it. You know, like I I still actually really enjoy going back and playing that old Donkey Kong arcade game.
0: Yeah. Well, that was really my first uh, experience with Donkey Kong. I never played it. I was too little uh, to have played it in the arcade um, because it came out in, what, 81? And Mm -hmm. um, I was born in 77, so I was a little too young to be going to the arcades. But we did have it for the Atari 2600. And I know a lot of people don't really like the Atari 2600 version. Um, They think it's not that great. I still think it's, it's... pretty good. One of the better games that you can actually get for uh the Atari 2600. I put a lot of time into uh Donkey Kong for the Atari 2600 and then of course a few years later they brought it out for uh the Donkey Kong um which was what did they call it, it had Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr on it for the Nintendo. Uh, it was like one of those dual game packs. The Donkey Kong uh, Donkey Kong Arcade and Donkey Kong Jr. Um, And played a lot of that on the NES, um, which was pretty close to the, uh, the original arcade uh, version of Donkey Kong.
1: And a game that a lot of people still don't talk about, but there was a... I think remake isn't the accurate term, but it was a Donkey Kong game for the Game Boy. It was released in 94, where you begin doing those original levels from the arcade game, and it is remastered graphics and everything. Yeah. But then instead of Donkey Kong just essentially being dead, he wakes back up, grabs Pauline, and takes off, and you go through almost 90 levels before you get to the final Donkey Kong fight. Yeah. So that was, that was my first introduction to that style of Donkey Kong, but the first time I actually played the arcade version was in Donkey Kong 64. There's a factory world that you go in and one of your objectives is you have to find a, a certain type of coin and then take it into the storage room that has the Donkey Kong arcade machine and you play through the original game in order to get um you know a golden banana which were like the big collectibles mm-hmm. in, in that game. So that that was my first experience playing the arcade version if you will yeah. of Donkey Kong.
0: Uh, but um it was, it was actually um if a lot of people don't know this like the uh Nintendo had put out a game before um Donkey Kong called Radar Scope and it really didn't do that well so when they made uh Shigeru Miyamoto um was assigned to by Nintendo to convert the um all the old radars cuz they had warehouses of these games in America of radar scope so they had to take all those machines and convert them to uh, Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong really kind of you know took America by storm um, People loved uh, Donkey Kong and um, that's really what put Nintendo on the map to do what it did with you know the NES in 1985 just a short four years later.
1: And it's crazy the staying power of Donkey Kong, too, because you don't see as many Donkey Kong games, but the character yeah. is always around. like he's an inclusion in the Mario Kart games and Smash Brothers, all the, the party games. Yeah, Donkey I mean. Kong is a character that you know will always be there.
0: And it still it kind of baffles me just to this day why Donkey Kong wasn't wasn't the main villain in, you know, Super Mario Brothers.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting thought. You know, what why make the change to Bowser? Yeah. I mean, Bowser's an iconic character all on his own, but Donkey Kong was there from the very beginning and he was Mario's original rival and they actually did a series of games for the DS called Mario versus Donkey Kong where you were doing like you could be team Mario or team Donkey Kong and you do you know different like party type games against each other.
0: Yeah. I'd love to actually you know interview Shigeru Miyamoto and ask him why uh Donkey Kong was he ever considered to be uh a rival for Mario in the uh, the Super Mario Brothers games or was it always intended to be you know different because you know in the in in the original Donkey Kong you know uh, Donkey Kong's considered the villain uh depending on how you look at it I mean a lot of people see Mario as the villain <laughs> and Donkey Kong's protecting Pauline but that's neither here nor there but Donkey Kong did end up being a hero character and beloved to this day uh and I don't know it just it seems like it would have transitioned very well to a Super Mario Brothers game to have him as the main villain
1: that would be a good what if storyline yeah what like an alternate universe where Donkey Kong is the primary villain and Bowser just doesn't exist.
0: Yeah. Can you imagine a Donkey Kong country style game where you play it from two different perspectives, you play it f- uh from not only Donkey Kong's perspective but also as Mario's perspective and you're Mario going through the jungles like Donkey Kong going through all the barrels and things like that and then the very end of the game is uh going up in a, uh, one of the original uh Uh, Donkey Kong style, um, you know, sort of going up the building to get to Donkey Kong and throwing barrels and all that kind of stuff. I think that would be an interesting sort of take on it. Sort of an alternate reality thing, you know?
1: Yeah. No, that would be fun. Uh, Another thing with the original arcade version, there's a section of uh, Super Mario Odyssey where once Mm -hmm. you complete the festival you go through um essentially like an old donkey kong style world like mario is flat 2d and at the very end of it you reenact the uh, the original donkey kong arcade world mm-hmm. that whole sequence with the music i'll be completely honest i got a little choked up yeah playing that it like especially with the 2d side of things i felt like i was back in my aunt's house yeah <laughs> playing that game it was it was weird. It was very weird, but but in a good way.
0: Yeah. And um I never really played too much Donkey Kong Jr. I played it a little bit in the arcade. It wasn't really my favorite um you know cuz I had that NES cart with uh the two Donkey Kong games, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. um and then Donkey Kong 3 rolled around. And it was quite a different take than the original Donkey Kong games, because Donkey Kong Junior was basically the s- sort of the same uh, as the original, but instead of being Mario, you got Donkey Kong Junior who is trying to rescue Donkey Kong from Mario, sort of in a like reverse sort of reality thing, um, which is basically the same sort of game type. Uh, but then you get to Donkey Kong Three, and did you ever play Donkey Kong Three? It's so weird.
1: Very briefly, I it, played it for about two minutes and was like, "You know what? I'm good."
0: <laughs> but it's it's in a greenhouse, And yeah. there's uh, his name's Stanley. It's not even Mario anymore. He's a bug man, and he uses a bug sprayer to basically spray up Donkey Kong's ass to keep him from, like, coming down the vines, and it's so weird. And I'm just like, what were you guys thinking?
1: Because how else would you keep a giant ape out of your greenhouse <laughs> other than shooting bug spray up his ass?
0: Why is, why is a giant ape in your, your uh, greenhouse anyway? Because it's, like, full of bees, there's like bees everywhere that you're trying to dodge, and that's why you got the, the um, you know, the little uh, sprayer because you're trying to kill the bees. You're trying to keep uh, Donkey Kong up on the vines, and it's, it is such a weird game. That I'm, I it's no surprise that it's kind of, it's that it's that redheaded stepchild of the Donkey Kong games. Like it's that one game that everybody's like, yeah, that one was weird.
1: Yeah, like I said, I briefly played it, and it, it just couldn't get into it <laughs> at all. And it's, it's you never really hear about it. Yeah. Uh,
0: but then you got the 90s era, 1994 to 2002, with Donkey Kong Country, which, if you ask me, is is in the top five best Super Nintendo games. Like, if you're going to own a Super Nintendo, it's in the top five games you need to own for it.
1: It's a. It was a trendsetter for platforming games. And I know I've mentioned this story before, but I remember back when Nintendo Power was still around, I got a VHS tape in the mail mm-hmm. <laughs> of a behind-the-scenes look at the making of Donkey Kong Country, because you know this was like a revamped Donkey Kong. It was, and storyline-wise, it's actually um, Cranky Kong, who is you know the older, wiser ape. Is the original Donkey Kong? Yeah, <laughs> from the from the old games, and then his son is the current age Donkey Kong. But you introduced Diddy Kong, uh, Funky Kong, like the the whole Kong family. You introduced the Kremlings, uh, King K. Rule. Yeah, and it's everything from you know the the game still plays relatively smooth. The backgrounds mm-hmm. are absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I th- I feel like graphic wise, it was really pushing the limit. Of, of the Super Nintendo. Well, I'm gonna
0: say right now that it's the best looking Super Nintendo game on of all time. I won't argue that because those those visuals in that game are so far beyond what you could do on those systems that it just it still boggles my mind. Like I play that game to this day, and those visuals are just so crisp and beautiful and I just play it and I'm like man how did they do this
1: and I was happy when the two sequels came out that they didn't break that formula the graphics yeah. are still the same the gameplay is still the same like to me Donkey Kong Country is is pretty close to a perfect platformer I if you ask so, me yeah. from look gameplay story characters I to me, there's not really too much, or if anything, to hate about the Donkey Kong Country games.
0: Yeah, it's just one of those perfect platformers, uh, especially for that system, because you got, you know, it, it, the way it plays, how smooth it plays, and the animation uh, that the game has, the enemies you you come up against, and you know, I love uh, some of my favorite parts of the game are when you shoot from barrel to barrel, and it, it's just there's something just so cool about that game that it's definitely like i said it's in that top five of if you can only own five super nintendo games this has got to be in that top
1: five for sure it's in that when it comes to super nintendo games it's in that elite tier up there with mario world and and link to the past in my opinion but i just remembered this and i had to look it up do you remember the donkey kong country tv series
0: no, I do not.
1: So, it was on for, I believe, two seasons. If, uh, yeah, two seasons. It was on, I think it might have been ABC Family or something like that. But there was a, a computer-generated uh, cartoon series loosely based off the Donkey Kong Country games. I remember watching it on something like Fox or, um, oh, no, it was Fox Kids.
0: I smell a commentary track in our future.
1: I have not watched (laughs) this since 1999. But yeah, it it says here it was one of the first series to be shown on Fox Family, uh, in which the series was broadcast in its entirety from August 15th, 1998 until 2000, and was also seen on Fox Kids from 98 to 99. I wonder if they have full episodes on YouTube.
0: I hope so, because we have to do we have to do a commentary track for that.
1: Like it, it was just, just like a light bulb went off in my head. <laughs> I have not thought about this.
0: I don't series. remember that at it's like all. Ninety nine. That's. I'll, um. That's news to me.
1: I'll look up some clips on YouTube and I'll, I'll send them to <laughs> you and Wally and just be like, "We'll just scrap the poll and do okay. this for our commentary." <laughs> no, we won't scrap the poll. Maybe we'll we'll do that for April.
0: Uh, and, of course, along in this, this era, you had uh, Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Kong Quest, and also Donkey Kong Country 3, Dixie's Dixie Kong's Double Trouble.
1: Say that five times yeah. fast.
0: That, that's my only problem with these games, is they're so hard to say.
1: Yeah, funny enough, I think Donkey Kong Country 2 might be the better of the games in that trilogy. Like, I I like the worlds just a little bit better. I like the animal friends just a little bit better. I think Donkey Kong Country 1 will be forever regarded in being, like, the most iconic Uh because it started the whole thing. But as far as a gameplay and just a pure enjoyment perspective, I enjoy the second one a little bit. And the third one is good, too. You know, that was a game that, you know, I reviewed uh, a while back on the show. And I remember... Having low expectations, I didn't. I remember not really caring for the game when I played it as a kid. But going back yeah. and playing it as an adult, I grew to appreciate it more. So it, doing the review actually made me like it more.
0: Yeah. Well, we talked about it when you reviewed it too. That I never played Part Two and Three because by this time, you know, the, the first uh, Donkey Kong Country came out in '94, and um, you know, by the time Two came out, I was already off. Onto uh, PC gaming at that point, I was I was sophisticated. I was a <laughs> I was a PC gamer. I'm not playing those children's one cons- of those types. Yeah, one of those children's consoles. I only play games like Mist and The Eleventh Hour. And my, <laughs> games like my fingers.
1: My fingers <clears throat> are much too delicate yes. to hold a control.
0: I play games like *The Seventh Guest*, where you have full motion video, and <laughs> uh, that was good. Yeah, but <laughs> and I feel so. I think every gamer has to go through that that uh, that phase. Of I'm am a PC gamer. <laughs> every every gamer has to go through it at some point.
1: There's a podcast I listen to. It's not a video game podcast, but one of the hosts is like a big PC gamer, and he does not play consoles. And I'm like, yeah. oh Jesus! Well, that's, that's one a of big those. Thing
0: now people, they're they're either console players, or they're PC, and they're never the the tween the twain shall meet. And they, I just don't get it. Like, just play what you want to play. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, why are people so uh, tribalistic when it comes to things like that? Because we uh, all everyone... know Nintendo's the best. I mean, the Switch is the greatest gaming console of all time. So, you know, uh, I don't need, I mean, those, need those, stupid PCs and your 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 X your X boxes and your your PS fives and your
1: your PS five.
0: <laughs> I'm only doing and that you... to make Wally mad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you guys have been going after each other. I know.
0: Like, we need to hurry up and do this. Uh, you get this uh shave thing we gotta do because one of us is gonna end up looking like uh Hulk Hogan for an episode. So
1: there's a reason why I don't get involved with bets like that, and that's because <laughs> I lose.
0: Uh and then of course we got the the present era of uh, the Donkey Kong games and like uh Donkey Kong Country Returns and Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Um, did you uh, did you play either of these? I have not played any of the newer uh, Donkey Kong games.
1: I've played Donkey Kong Country Returns. I have not played Tropical Freeze yet, but it, it was the graphics are obviously new due to the new console and everything. But it still plays like it has the Donkey Kong Country charm. Yeah. So I would recommend playing them. And there are I remember there's one there's one world you're in. And you want to talk about gorgeous backdrops from the original? In this game, there's a, a level you do where it's sunset. So everything is a silhouette, mm-hmm. including Donkey or Diddy Kong. Hmm. And it looks gorgeous.
0: See, I, I've, I've seen the boxes for uh, you know Donkey Kong Country Returns and Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, but in Nintendo fashion, the price doesn't ever drop. They're still sixty bucks, and I'm not gonna pay that much, Nintendo. I'm sorry, for a game that's like three years old now, and I'm
1: gonna do it. Yeah, I, I have. Yeah, I don't know why they're doing that.
0: Another one I wanted to touch on uh, before we end. Uh, did you ever play the Donkey Konga game?
1: I did. I I loved them. I thought they were fun.
0: I never had it, but I always played it. Uh, Every time I I went to someone's house that had it or whatever, I just, I always, I love the little bongos that you have to play. They're so cool.
1: Especially when you get to like the climax of a song, you're just like,
0: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to get uh, a set of these if I could find them somewhere.
1: Oh, I wonder if I might still have my old ones at my parents' house. I think I know exactly where they are. I should um I should call my mom and get her to look because I'm pretty confident I still have them, and that would be then I just have to find a copy of the game because
0: that was an early version of like the rhythm games, like even before like Rock Band and and all that kind of stuff. Like this was this was early in that type of thing.
1: And honestly, I enjoy I like I like playing Rock Band, you know, just like any other person. But yeah, I, I love the bongos. I think like that gimmick made that just a more enjoyable experience yeah. to me. But <laughs> just, so cool. You know, it, it was it was a lot of fun. And I, there was a Donkey Kong game that you could actually use the bongos I think as a um, it might have been jun- no, it was Jungle Beat. Donkey Kong Jungle Beat was you could use the bongos as a controller. Yeah, I don't
0: I don't see that in here.
1: I think it was called Jungle Beat.
0: I see. Uh... Yeah, here it is
1: under Donkey Kong 64. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, you tap one drum and it repeatedly <laughs> makes him run. That's Tapping awesome. both make you jump and both alternately make him attack. And clapping or blowing into the microphone cause an explosion. <laughs> That's cool. I remember playing that game. There have been a lot of good Donkey Kong games and there's an interesting tidbit here at, at the end of the, the Wikipedia. There are three spinoff series from Donkey Kong and Mario is one of them. Because Mario was technically introduced in a Donkey Kong game.
0: Let's see, there's Croft, yeah, spin off Mario, Banjo Kazooie. Yep. Um, uh, Conquer. I didn't know Conquer was a spin off.
1: Conquer was a character in Diddy Diddy Kong Kong Racing. Racing,
0: Really? I didn't know that. And learn something new every day.
1: So there was going to be a Conquer game for the N64 that was similar to Banjo Kazooie but it was knocked because of that reason. Huh. And that's when they went back and added like the South Park style humor in it. Uh, and now okay. I can't picture that franchise if they ever made another one. I couldn't picture it not being adult.
0: Uh and far, and they have canceled games as well. Um there was a Nintendo Entertainment System game announced in the uh, official Nintendo Players Guide 90, 1987. Um, not much is known about the title, whether it was canceled or a working title for a game released under a different name is unknown. Uh, it was called Return of Donkey Kong. Because, yeah, there was a, a space between, you know, 81 and 94. There was no Donkey Kong anywhere. Well, I mean, other than, you know, the Donkey Kong Jr. and Donkey Kong 3. He was nowhere else to be found until 1994. I wonder what it would have been about. I don't know. Uh, Super Donkey, a uh, prototype for a platform game featuring similar graf- graphics to the Nintendo game Yoshi's Island, uh, featuring a new protagonist wearing a pilot suit. Uh, suggest It may have been considered as a new Donkey Kong game before being repurposed for Ryoshi. Huh. Hmm. See Donkey Kong Racing. Uh, Diddy Kong Pilot. Uh, planned yep. sequel to Diddy Kong Racing. Um, but Rare was then sold to Microsoft, which caused the company to lose the rights to the Donkey Kong characters, and it was converted into the game Banjo Pilot in 2005.
1: Uh, I, I never played Banjo Pilot, but I remember it. Uh, uh,
0: November 5th, 2011, a collector who had purchased a prototype cartridge leaked its ROM onto the internet. I might
1: have to go look that
0: up. Hmm. Uh, let's see, Donkey Kong Coconut Crackers.
1: Okay. Yeah, it was a puzzle game, a puzzle I game for the
0: Game Boy Advance, uh, also being developed by Rare, uh, canceled in 2000 due, 2002 due to Microsoft's acquisition of Rare. Uh, the game was eventually worked into, worked into It's Mr. Pants <laughs> and was released on December 7, 2004. I've
1: never heard of It's Mr. Pants. That looks. That character looks really familiar. I've seen him Let me somewhere. Click on this.
0: I don't remember that. That does not look familiar at all to me.
1: I recognize the Mr. Pants character from another medium, but not from a game. Uh, and the last one is Diddy Kong Racing Adventure, a uh, rejected
0: pitch made by the Climax Group for a Diddy Kong Racing sequel on the GameCube around 2004. It uh, was never announced to the public in any capacity and only became known after an amateur video game archivist acquired the prototype and published a video about it in November 2016. So there was uh, quite a few other Donkey Kong games in the works. They just Most of them were being d- developed by Rare. And then once Rare got acquired by Microsoft, it just seems like Nintendo just sort of just threw them by the wayside instead of uh, taking them and giving them to another developer or developing it themselves in uh, one of their R&D departments.
1: Eventually they did, because Retro Studios makes the Donkey Kong games now. But yeah, there was a, a lull period Yeah, for that.
0: Uh, overall, the critical response to most of the, uh, the Donkey Kong games have been positive. Uh, in the 2017 book, The 100 Greatest Video Game Franchises, Donkey Kong was characterized as a symbol representing both the timelessness and timeliness of video games.
1: I would agree with that. You know, you think of, as we mentioned at the top of this discussion, the importance of the Donkey Kong character as well as the franchise, because there would not have been a Nintendo. And who knows where the state of video games would be if that original Donkey Kong arcade game in 1981 mm. never happened.
0: Yeah. Um, let's see, successive Donkey Kong series has resulted in a Guinness, a Guinness World Records awarding the series with seven world records uh, in the Gamers Edition 2008. Uh, records include first use of visual storytelling in a video game uh, for the rudimentary cutscenes featured in the original DK arcade game and most collectible items in a platform game for Donkey Kong 64. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: But uh, but yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's about it for the uh, for our roundtable discussion and retrospective of the Donkey Kong franchise. I know there's a lot that we didn't hit on, but you know we, we, we did as much as we could in a you know a thirty minute segment. <laughs> but uh, but yeah,
1: yeah. I as I mentioned, I love I actually really like the Donkey Kong series quite a bit. Yeah, I love. All three Donkey Kong Country games, even some of the more recent ones, are a lot of fun. Yeah, I still enjoy going back and playing the original arcade game. So it's, it's, a, it's a franchise that spans multiple decades of video gaming in different forms, but all are enjoyable.
0: Did you ever have the, uh, the Donkey Kong uh, board game? I had that too when I was a kid. I don't think so. You should look it up. It's pretty been... cool had a little uh, plastic Donkey Kong with you know with his arm up in the air and little plastic barrels, and you push his arm down and the barrels would come out, and then you move the oh, barrels so down cool. the thing. It's really cool. I wish I still had it. I might still have it at my mom's house somewhere. Um, but yeah, th- speaking of the original Donkey Kong, I put a lot of hours into the original Donkey Kong on the Atari 2600. And to this day, I still have that game to this day. Uh, my original Donkey Kong for the Atari 2600 that I've had since I was seven years old. And um, whenever I fire up the Atari 2600, which I haven't done in, in you know, a couple of years, at least over a decade, but whenever I do fire up the old Atari 2600, Donkey Kong is always the first game that I grab for it because I have so many good memories of just sitting in front of a TV, you know, just playing that game because it was better than any other Atari game, other than Missile Command.
1: Yeah, and I I feel the same way about the original Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. getting that tape in the mail and watching it, and just you know being really excited for it. And then when it finally came out, it was it was worth the hype. I, I love the Donkey Kong games.
0: Yeah, I just wish that uh, they I, I, like I said, I wish they would do some sort of weird a uh, hybrid Mario and Donkey Kong sort of game with two different where you could play the game through twice sort almost like a Resident Evil type of thing where you have the two different characters that you go through the game and there's sort of like stories you know interweave you could have Mario and Donkey Kong two different perspectives in one game I think that would be pretty cool I would love that I'd get that in a heartbeat but uh but that's gonna about do it for this week. Anything else you wanna throw out there?
1: Um you've got a huge one coming up. This upcoming Tuesday is episode three hundred of the Derek Diamond Experience. Speaking of and which, it's...
0: you need to remind me tomorrow night to do my little thing for your show.
1: Yeah we <laughs> will do I'll, I'll text you tomorrow okay yes please but, so that'll be what jason's talking about so we did something similar here on episode 200 of the show where we had uh listeners send in audio messages well if you want to do that for my show uh, just submit a soundbite to d at gmail.com and i'll be playing those uh, at the end of the episode but uh, it's going to be a jam-packed show i'll be chatting with brian o'halloran who you know from the clerks films as well as monsters Anonymous. And uh I'll be discussing my top five moments from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I'm still narrowing my list down. It's really hard. Um, I'll be, you know, any notable news that breaks between now and then, I'll be discussing that as well. But that'll be on Facebook Live this Tuesday night at 7:30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Fantastic. Uh for our latest
0: episode of Open Micers that will be out this weekend, it's the Jacob Craig birthday bash that we had for the open micers and uh, Jacob turned 21 and got a little drunk for the podcast. So it was quite, uh, quite hilarious. So I would say if you're going to listen to it, uh, I would actually suggest watching the video for it because the drunker he got the closer to the, the camera he got and it was (laughs) quite entertaining to say the least.
1: I can't wait to watch it. So just go fun.
0: follow us at Open Micers on Twitter and Open Micers Podcast on Facebook. So Derek, I think that's everything. Should we get out of here? Let's do it. Let's get out of here. Let me play our music here. If I can get it to play, come on, soundboard, don't fail me now. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter, at nerdcaveretro, and individually at uh, JFunktastic and at Derek underscore Diamond. Buying merch from us has never been easier. It is now ncrmerch.com, where you can go get yourself a, a throw pillow or a mug or a sticker or some hats, whatever you want, uh, just go to ncrmerch.com and we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash retro our Patreon at patreon.com slash retro and as always, leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free, so Derek, please, tell them what it's all about
1: Whang. Whang. Oh, Chucker, right? eh? Uh...